CSN International presents To Every Man an Answer, the live apologetics program that equips you to give a reason for the hope that lies within you. If you have a Bible question or a question on the Christian faith, you can call us at 1 888 827 5276. Again, that's 1 888 Ask CSN. Let's get things started. Here's today's host, Mike Kessler. Hi, and welcome to Thursday's edition of To Every Man and Answer. We're once again so glad you've joined us. Looking forward to being with you for about the next hour or so as we set this time aside live radio to answer your questions about the Bible. We try to do our very best giving you what the Bible really says on a topic, not just a piece of a verse and building a whole theology upon it, but what does the Bible really say about that particular idea? So if you've got a question you'd like to ask us, that number to call again, 88 88- 88-ASK-CSN is the number to call. You can be part of the program. Again, 888-ASK-CSN. Real simple. we got some lines open, so you're invited to be part of the program today. Joining me today, special guest and featured CSN speaker that comes on morning times here, a chosen generation, Daryl Skinner from Calvary Chapel, Pearl Harbor, Honolulu, Hawaii. Aloha. Aloha, Mike, and aloha to all the listeners out there. It's great to be on with you to every man and answer. Looking forward to the program, the great questions that always come in every time. It's just uh, it's a joy to be with you, Mike, and it's it's a lot of fun. You got a great team there to every man and answer at CSN, and uh, and the folks out there just wanting to grow and to learn in their faith. And uh, I tell you, it's just it's just a lot of fun. So good to be with you once again. Looking forward to the program. Always a blessing to be with you. Looking forward to answering some questions there and. You know, Daryl, the world's gone crazy. I I was watching the headlines (laughs) last night, and I have never, ever seen anything quite like this that I can remember, where you've got got global problems everywhere, financial problems everywhere. You have these aggressive nations on the on the rise, you have uh, North Korea now amending their constitution to declare South Korea their principal enemy, thereby justifying uh, a attack on on uh, Korea, which of course South Korea, which uh, they're they make most of the chips. Them and Taiwan make most of the chips that we all enjoy in our computers and our cars and. Well, everything from our microwave ovens to telecommunications and our phones, they all come from uh, principally those two countries. And if something happens, China makes a move on Taiwan. North Korea makes a move on South Korea. You know, uh, we're going to be going back to strings and cans. Um, remember when you're a kid, you put a string and you right. talk in the can and you could hear the person talk. Well, anyway, um, wild days indeed. You know, Mike, I also heard that uh, Japan has has increased its military budget, so it's the most ever since World War II, and and, uh, because they're concerned about what's going on with North Korea as well as China. And so uh, we're going to see a lot of action in the Pacific uh, if if things unfold. But, you know, uh, I I believe in the Reagan Doctrine, which is always peace through strength. We've got to be a strong nation with strong leadership, which we don't have right now. We need a strong military because – you got to be stronger than your enemies. If you're not, they don't fear you anymore, and uh, and they're going to start doing what they're doing right now because uh, this administration just isn't quite got it together. And so, you know, we've got to keep supporting Israel with their war over there, and they've got to clean house with Hamas, get them out, and uh, and keep marching on, and the, the battle rages. And yet 
the world wavers back and forth with Israel all the time, you know, mostly against, and then then they feel bad about it, and they and then they get things going. So it's it's a it's a chess match right now with with Russia and Ukraine and China threatening Taiwan, and and then you've got North Korea obviously threatening South Korea. Uh, we have all these things going on with Iran and their their little puppet uh, hoodies and so forth out of Yemen, and and then you got Hezbollah to the north of Israel and supporting Hamas. It's and then and they're mo- trying to make a move into Iraq and so on. And of course, you got the Taliban, Afghanistan, right? So this world is is in turmoil. It's in a mess, and there's skirmishes in Africa and so forth with the uh, Muslims in in uh, going against South Sudan and other places in in Africa. So uh, it's it's fascinating times. But it's what Jesus said. You know, there's going to be wars, rumors of wars. There's going to be nation against nation, kingdom against kingdom. It is a fulfillment of Bible prophecy, which once again gives us facts to our faith on a daily basis. Mike, Amen. Back so, to you. No, it's 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 crazy, and and again, um, uh, we're just looking at a, a, a different time uh, in the world. And uh, Jesus said that we're in this time unique from all other times. When you see the uh, city of Jerusalem under Jewish control, he said this in Luke. 21. He said, the generation that sees this uh, will be the last generation until all things are fulfilled. And friends, I believe that we are there. And so, again, Jesus said, watch and be ready. You don't know what hour your Lord's going to come. Well, let's go ahead and go to the phones again. 8888. Ask CSN's the number to call. If you got a question, Nick, Meridian, Idaho, up by Boise. Hi, welcome. Hi. um, I'm a friend who's not Calvinist, but he believes in, he doesn't believe in free will, but he believes in something I never heard of called enslaved will. I'm just wondering if you guys have heard about that. Okay, your thoughts? I've not heard about enslaved will. Uh, We do have a free will, and that free will is exercised to come to Jesus Christ for salvation or to reject into the point of death. And uh, as a believer in Jesus Christ, you can serve the Lord or you can reject the Lord. You can walk away from the Lord, become an apostate. And that's all through the scriptures. So uh, no one is enslaved. Uh, God gives us the freedom to, without that free will, we won't really know love. Love is a freedom of choice. To love God with all your heart, mind, soul, and strength, and to love your neighbor as yourself. This is a choice that we have to make on a daily basis as we want to serve the Lord. We want to honor the Lord as we're born again believers by the power of the Holy Spirit. This is what God wants to do in us and through us. Um, people are uh, deceived by the devil, and uh, they can be they're enslaved to sin until they come to Jesus Christ. He's the only one that can break that enslavement because their eyes have been blinded. They're, they're living in darkness, and sin is habitual within our lives before we're born again. And then once you become born again, uh, the captive has been set free, and you're no longer under the uh, you're no longer under the authority or dominion of the devil himself. So uh, uh, I, I'm not sure, Mike, unless you have more information on this enslaved will thing. I don't know if he's made it up or or he's some pastors out there teaching this that's false and so forth. Mike? Yeah, it's it's whacked. And, and again, enslaved will would imply that you really don't have any say about it. Uh, and that is not the way we come to Christ. Uh, we choose to come to Christ because we recognize we're sinners for God so loved the world. It doesn't say he, for God so loved the enslaved ones. He doesn't say that. And so um, you'll find many men counterdicting what the Scripture says 
Don't listen to them. Always go back to God's Word. Nick, you're always going to be farther ahead that way. Hope that helps. Thank you. God bless you. Stay on the line. Got some books and DVDs we'll send out to you. And with that, we'll go to Jeff Lamar, Colorado. Hi, welcome. Hi, I got a pretty simple question. The other day I was on a, uh, on Facebook and a person caught, taught, typed in how that uh, that religion kills a lot of people, referring to the the Crusades and all that. And I typed in uh, about uh, Hitler, mate, uh, Che Levera, and uh, uh, Mao Zedong, like you taught me on CSN. And I was like, they murdered millions. And Hitler and 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 uh, uh, Hitler was a uh, atheist and all that. And they uh, and and uh, he said Hitler was a Catholic. And I told him, well, uh, Hitler was uh, Hitler became an atheist. And isn't that the job of atheists to take and uh, make people leave their faith for atheism? And he uh, uh, and uh, so he he did his thing. And I was like, Google it. And then I he Google must have googled something else, but uh, in it it talked about in the post it talked about how that uh, that uh, that Hitler was against atheists too, and so uh, they cut off my comments so I couldn't talk back, and so I took and decided to make my own post, and in my own post I put in there all that same information, but I put in there that that uh, George Washington was a Christian, and there was a professor that uh, wanted to. Uh, Say, uh, make him out as to be a, a deist, and so he wrote a book on it. Now everybody uses that book, and so they're changing history as they see fit. And uh, Facebook would not let me put that on uh, my uh, my own page, and because I took and gave a remark to what what it also said about Hitler in uh, the Google. And they wouldn't let me put that on there. And so I was wondering, what is the best way to witness to atheists? Well, you you got in trouble with the mind control. You only put down what we want you to put down. Yeah, right. Freedom of speech when it comes to Google, right? This is one of the great problems that that we have. Um, they control the media, and they control. And this is all thought control. Is all it is. They don't want the other side. No matter whether it's no matter whether it's true or false, they just want their way. Of course, Mao Zedong murdered more people than anybody else, way more than Hitler did, even more than Stalin did. And and again, Stalin, uh, a uh, avowed atheist, of course, Mao Zedong, avowed atheist. The state is God, is what they say. The state will give you everything you need. Well, again, that's irrefutable. And of course, people love to be blind. Uh, they choose darkness, the Bible says, rather than light. And so this is one of the problems that you that you will you'll deal with. But our our founding fathers, almost all of them, were believers, and I think that's really important. Now, of course, they're trying to rewrite history as the communists do, as the Democrats and the lefts always do. They want to rewrite history. They want to take away who we really are, and redefine our nation. And this is why you find the borders being left wide open on purpose, overthrow American culture. That's exactly what they're doing. Now, of course, Joe Biden is not really the president. We don't know who the president really is. Yeah, he stands up in front and talks, but he can't even find his way off the stage. Friends, that's an issue. And when he stumbles and bumbles through the speeches that he makes, most of the time he's lying. 
Well, we know that he's not the one in control, but who is? Well, the one that turns the teleprompter on and off, the one that tells them to cut the camera when it's on him. Those are the ones who are in control. And the American people at large don't know. And so these are the problems that we're running into right now in our own nation. And again, when they squelch any information that they don't agree with, this is where the problems come from. I'm sure our early uh, forefathers, when they wrote bad things about the King of England, oh, that was hate speech. Yeah, but you know what? It was freedom of speech under the First Amendment. And that's why we have what we have today. However, that is quickly going away, being replaced with lies, rewriting history, and just in general cheating in every way that they can. This is what it's all come down to. Your thoughts? Yeah, you know what? As uh, Paul wrote to us, he says, fight the good fight of faith. And uh, brother, I'm, I'm proud of you. You're contending for the faith. Amen. Which is great, great to do. And I would continue to do it. Uh, you know, maybe another avenue could be working on uh, Twitter, which is now turned to X by Elon Musk. Uh, he's trying to keep freedoms out there for for all people. And so uh, that might be another avenue to proclaim the gospel, if you will, in uh, short snippets and so forth. But, uh, you know, we, we see this control happening. There's things we do from our church. I'm sure there's things with Mike. Uh, with the with the CSN and so forth, and and that you know they're trying to censor us from speaking truth, and anything that's controversial or might probably go towards the right or conservatism or constitutionalism, and then of course Christianity, uh, it's uh, they they have their ways of uh, of blocking it, but you know what you can't block God. God is in control, and He always opens doors that no man can shut. He'll shut doors uh, that no one can open. And so we trust in him and just continue to keep moving one by one, person by person, winning souls for Christ, uh, bringing them to God's great and glorious salvation. And, and that's all we can do. And we do it, do it on a daily basis. But uh, it sounds like this individual didn't want to learn the truth, and that's okay. Uh, they'll learn the truth one day. Uh, every knee shall bow, every tongue shall confess that Jesus Christ is Lord. That day will come. Uh, but I'm glad you're contending for the faith. Keep it up. And, you know, just keep keep getting it out there. They're, if they knock you down, get back up again and just keep going. Uh, but uh, uh, with with atheism, they think they know everything. They don't. They're ignorant. And uh, as Mike just shared about uh, Mao and Stalin and others, I think communism in the last century killed anywhere from 120 to 140 million people for, in the history of, of Islam from beginning in 60, uh, what, 605 uh, A.D. or 630 A.D. They've killed 240 million people throughout their history. If you look at the Crusades, the Crusaders were beating back the Islamic hordes that were coming into Europe, and they had to make a stand. Not everything they did was right, of course, but they had to make a stand against the Islam coming into Europe, and thus they had to beat them back and and so forth. So you had the Crusades, uh, various ones, and so forth. But unfortunately, it was it also became corrupt. So you can't say the Crusades represented Christianity. What represents Christianity is the gospel. And that's where you always got to keep leading people back to the Word of God. Let the Word of God speak for itself. Bible prophecy is a great tool to use uh, as facts to your faith and and so forth. The Bible says in Revelation, uh, I think it's 19, it says, the the spirit of uh, of prophecy is a testimony of Jesus Christ. It's a powerful little passage right there. So keep up the good work, my friend. Mike? Yeah, Jeff, I'll send you a, a brand new DVD we just got today uh, coming out. Um, Atheists. Delusion by Ray Comfort. 
And I'll send that DVD to you along with, uh, 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 let's see, uh, the movie Jesus, Evolution versus God, and a couple other little books. I think you'll enjoy. Uh, hope that answers for you, Jeff. It does. I appreciate it. And one more thing, if you don't mind. I don't know who the straight troll is, whether it's a group or a person, but, uh, but uh, every Christian in their home and, and what they thought was privacy is being watched through their phone and their TV and satellites. There are no state borders anymore. They go everywhere you go. So just pray about being led of the Holy Spirit. Oh, absolutely. We need to do that. We're in very, very perilous times. Again, we have the state of Texas right now in complete opposition to the federal government. Uh, the uh, Joe uh, Biden administration says, let the illegals continue to pour in unrestricted. Texas says no more. And so there's a showdown in Texas. All I can say is stand strong, Texas. Amen. Don't give in to the tyrants. We're all behind you. We really are. So hope that helps, Jeff. And stay in line. We'll get, get you out the movie, uh, the DVD, Atheist Delusion by Ray Comfort. It'll help you a lot in how to respond, okay? Thank you. God bless you. Thanks so much for the call. Let's go to Rick, California. Yeah. How may we help? Hello? Yes. We're here. Uh, all right. Can you hear me? Yes, we can. Hello? All right. Hello, hello. hello. My, my question is Revelation Chapter 8, verse 1, and it says uh, there's a half-hour silence in heaven. Now, I took what it says that one day with the Lord is as a thousand years, and a thousand years is one day. There's 24 hours in a day, so I divided a thousand by 24. For one hour, it is 42 years. For a half hour, it is 21 years. And I was wondering, where is that? Where would that time be in the middle of the tribulation? Well, that verse that you're quoting there is not applicable here, nor is it applicable to creation back in Genesis. We find, as an example, in Exodus chapter 20, where the Ten Commandments are given, the Bible says, And God created the earth in six days, rested on the seventh. The word day there is the word yom, which means a 24-hour period. And so a lot of people try to say, oh, look, creation took 6,000 years. No, no, it didn't. It means exactly what it says, a 24-hour period of time, times six, God created the heavens and the earth. Now, anytime we find any time mentioned in the Bible, when we try to apply that verse, it's not. What that verse is outlining is God is in a different time dimension than we are. Now, if you notice again, the context in which Revelation 8.1 is written, and when he opened the seventh seal, there was silence in heaven for about a half an hour. It was, you might say, a great gasp. Like, God opens the seventh seal, and all of heaven goes, and they just hold their breath, you might say. Because what comes next is we find these incredible judgments of God that he levies on the world. So it isn't silence like, oh, let's um, time now for a commercial break. No, 
it's a gasp. It's like, and everybody holds their breath because of what is about to break out on the earth. Your thoughts? Yeah, the a day's like a thousand years, a thousand years like a day. That's uh, an expression that Peter is using in talking about the uh, the infinite God that we serve. He's eternal. He has no no beginning, no end, and uh, so it's not something we want to try to say a day is a thousand years and try to do a, a multiplication or division uh, on that. So it's just it's important when we as we study the Bible, we keep it all in context is who God is and what he's doing in and through our lives. And uh, Mike explained it well about Genesis and so forth. So, uh, you know, as we live in these last days, we realize that uh, uh, God has expressions of time for us because we understand time. And when that expression is referred to in heaven, it's because this is what's going to be taking place uh, and, and, and so forth in understanding our timetable. Now, once once God has done away with the new heavens and the new I mean with the old earth and all that's there and we're in that eternity we're actually in eternity now so we're just we're just enjoying it but we're stuck in this this uh, time space continuum if you will and we're going to get out of this thing uh, real soon as God's plan unfolds but right now there's there's time uh, but when you when you're eternal there is no time uh, we're now eternal. We're born again. We're in the heavenlies, the Bible declares, and it's throughout the book of Ephesians. And we're experiencing the a great relationship with our Heavenly Father and our Lord Jesus Christ. So, Mike, I'll give it back to you. Amen. I hope that helps. Yeah. Can I ask you one real fast question? Sure. Sure. Um, when Enoch uh, walked and talked with God, and God took him, did he actually take him to heaven or to paradise? And the same with Elijah. Okay, your thoughts. Yeah, no one was allowed to go into heaven itself until Jesus Christ died on the cross, rose the third day, walked the earth for 40 days, then ascended to heaven. That's when the access to heaven was there. However, uh, Abraham's bosom, which is also known as a place of paradise, is a place where they would have gone. Now, what was it like before it was named Abraham's bosom uh, uh, and so forth? Paradise. And so uh, God would take them and and uh, have them there. And then ultimately, uh, the Bible says in Ephesians that he, Jesus took uh, Ephesians 4, he took captivity captive unto himself. Many Bible scholars believe this to be, he took uh, those that were held in Abraham's bosom captive there to himself. And then in Colossians, it says he led uh, this triumphal, he was triumphant over all principalities and powers and, and uh uh, forces, angelic forces, and he rose up into the into the heavens. And as many believe, it could have been that parade of these Old Testament saints taken to heaven. Uh, so uh, it's it's fascinating passages to learn and to grow in. We do know in the Mount of Transfiguration there is an appearance of Moses and Elijah, who are probably in Abraham's bosom, and then brought forth to speak to the Lord in regards to him fulfilling the law and the prophets, and what he's going to be doing upon the cross and what all the experience that will take place, and also the manifestation as a testimony to Peter, James, and John as they declared, let's build three tabernacles. He says, no, no, no. But anyway, give it back to you, Mike. Hope that helps. Yeah, it sure does. Hey, thanks a lot. Rick, God, God bless. bless you. Stay in line. We'll send you out some books, some DVDs. I think you'll enjoy. Let's go to Kate, Meridian, Idaho. Oh, um, sorry, there was just a beat. Um, so I'm going through a divorce. And um, my ex was cheating 
and he was physically and verbally and mentally abusive. And I just still find I still have that bondage towards him. And I am seeking the Lord and I am struggling. I'm seeking and I'm praying and just seeing if you had any words of encouragement or scripture that you think. Hey, are you part that. of a church? Are you part of a church in Meridian? Yes. Well, you need to be prayed over, and I certainly will pray for you today, but you need to be prayed over in your church uh, that that there would be a, uh, that God would, would um, you know, uncouple you from, from this. Because again, our memories are powerful things, and I, I really believe that, again, this is part of what communion is about when we partake of the bread. The Bible says, by his stripes we are healed, and your heart, your soul, your memories, your mind needs to be healed. Uh, and again, when anybody's gone through a very abusive relationship, it leaves scars in there because we, we tangle up love with the abuse. And many, many women, I know men as well, don't feel loved unless they're being abused. And this is a terrible, terrible picture that we find that's, that's came about in our society today because we, we convolute all those emotions in the same bucket, if you will. And so you need really the Lord to help you go through and sort that out. Peter said, by his stripes, we're healed. And those stripes, as he held up the bread and he broke it, he said, my body's broken for you. Well, Peter tells us why his body was broken so we can be healed. We're very complex individuals. We have a body, mind, and a spirit. And no doubt you probably need all three of those healed for you to continue to function as a as a believer in Christ Jesus, without walking wounded, your thoughts? Yeah, you know, um, and I'm I'm going to make a statement here, and I won't say it's you because I have not counseled with you or talked to you, but a lot of times in an abusive relationship, uh, and someone's trying so hard to fix the marriage, and they're constantly abused with it's your fault, it's your fault, it's your fault, and then they abuse you some more, it's your fault, it's your fault that I act this way, I do these things, I say these things, I treat you this way, uh, I I beat you, whatever it might be. And again, it's then reinforced with, well, I wouldn't be doing this if it wasn't for your fault. And this guilt complex is then brainwashed into the, if in your case, it'd be you as a woman. And then you start feeling like, I, if I would have done this, if I would have done that, if I would have done this other thing, then maybe our marriage would have worked. Uh, many times people are just, uh, they just can't stand a, a sense of failure. They think they failed. You didn't fail at all. You've been abused. It's called assault and battery. It's against the law. And, uh, and mentally abused. So uh, there's no condemnation of those in Christ Jesus. It sounds like we have a break coming up, Mike. Yeah, Kate, we don't want you to go away. We come back on the other side of the break. You know, I'll give you some directive. Uh, you spent some time in the book of Philippians, which will really help, and we'll pray for you. So we'll be back for more to every minute answer right after this. We'll be right back. If babies in their mother's womb could speak, what would they say? Did you know an unborn baby's heart is already beating at just three weeks? By five weeks, you can hear their heartbeat on ultrasound. And that's where Preborn's network of clinics step in. The heartbeat is the voice of the preborn, and you can share their voice in a big way. I got to hear and see my baby for the first time. Hearing the heartbeat made me cry, and it was certain that I was going to keep my baby forever. (laughs) 
Preborn is the nation's largest provider of free ultrasounds, and every day they rescue 200 babies' lives. Will you speak for those who cannot speak for themselves? To find out more about the life-saving work of Preborn, visit preborn.com. That's preborn.com. Or call 855-668-BABY. That's 855-668-BABY. All gifts are tax-deductible, and Preborn has a 100% charity rating. Your love can save a life. You know, these days, so refreshing to get some good news about how to pay for health care, especially if you're 65 or older, you know just how brutal costs can be. Well, MediShare now has a new option for you. It's called MediShare 65 Plus. And MediShare is a community of Christians who share each other's health care bills. And it really is a community, too. People encourage and pray for each other. If you've got Medicare Parts A and B, MediShare 65 Plus fills in those gaps where Medicare stops. It's a great way to fight inflation, too, because it starts at only $99 a month for up to 10 years. And it's easy. You can use any Medicare-approved doctor or get 24-7 telehealth access, prescription savings, dental and vision savings. Just very worth looking into. MediShare 65 Plus is taking applications now. And if you call with the promo code SHARE before January 31st, your second month will be free. Call 833-90-SHARE. That's 833-90-SHARE. 833-90-SHARE. Welcome you back to part two of Terry Man and Answer here on this wonderful Thursday afternoon with Daryl Skinner from Hawaii and Daryl's um, Mike Kessler. We're going to go back to the phone. We had Kate on the line when we went to the break. And yeah, Kate, we do want to pray for you. And uh, I would just give you some directive to read the book of Philippians. It's a very encouraging book. You need to be encouraged. Um, you know, the Bible says whatever things are pure and holy, Dwell on these things. And unfortunately, we, our minds, without being any kind of discipline, will dwell on all kinds of really hurtful things, things that happened to us in the past. Uh, the, we spent a lot of time in the wish of would and we can't do any of that. We, we need to focus on today in Christ Jesus. And so, I, I, we, is it okay if we pray for you? Yes, please. Father, we just lift up Kate to you and just ask you that you would give her friends around her that love you, that you would reassure her, Lord, of your commitment to her. And though men may fail, friends may fail, you're always faithful. And so may you heal her, touch her, restore her, give her a clear mind, clear conscience. And Lord, we ask you and trust you in Jesus' name for your great, wonderful, awesome deliverance. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Mike, if I could add something. Sure, go ahead. Um, uh, Kate, there's a website called Hope for the Heart. Uh, the individual that's on there is June Hunt, and she has a lot of great counseling tools uh, for every aspect of the counseling, but one of the areas is also for women caught up in, in marital abuse. And so she'll she'll give you some good resources to help you uh, realize that the decision you've made and, and it's not your fault. Uh, God loves you. He's going to take care of you. And God has a, you know, there, it's, it's okay to start over. Uh, and, and it, it's, it's, it, you did not fail by any means. Your, your marriage, uh, the, the man is, uh, 
sick. He needs help. He's in sin. He's abusive. It's uh, the Bible calls it wrath and anger and, and malice. And it's nothing new. And, and uh, the Lord wants to set you free. So realize you just need to walk away. Uh, you did your best. You hung in there, but it's time to move on. God wants you to be at peace. First Corinthians seven says that we're to be at peace. God wants you to be at peace and realize that God has a new plan for you. Okay. He's a God that heals, a God that helps, a God that restores, a God that revives. This is our Lord Jesus Christ. This is what he does in us and through us. And it's a marvelous work. So look to the future, not to the past and live in the present. Okay. My dear sister. Okay. Well, Pat God helps. bless you. Thank you. Yes, thank you. Hey, stay in line. We'll send you out some books. We'll send you out some books, some DVDs. I think it'll bless you. And uh, we're here for you if you need us. Okay. Thank you. And and I would I would go and and maybe have uh, uh, you know the the leadership of the church pray over you as well. I think that's uh, what the book of James says to do, and I think that would be a good thing as well. Hope that helps, dear. Thank you. I appreciate it. God bless you, Kate. If you need us, we're here for you. Stay on the line. We'll get you taken care of. Let's go to Patsy, Mississippi. Hi and welcome. Hi. How may we Hello? help? Yes, we're uh, here. Yes. yes, I have a question. My um, It's Mardi Gras season in the state yes. of... Yes. And my pastor all of a sudden wants to ride the float, one of the floats, and hand out Bibles. And I mentioned that God says we're to abstain from even the appearance of evil. Well, I don't think that would be appearance. I mean, as an example, Paul went to the Aeropagate, the Mars Hill, where they were all, uh, had all these statues of all these different gods. Somebody might say, well, what was Paul doing there with all these, uh, uh, you know, pagan deities around? Well, he wasn't there to join into their paganism. He was there to shed some light. And I think we we need to take every opportunity we can to preach the gospel. If God is leading us that way, I think that's something. And and so very clearly, if he's on a float handing out Bibles, I don't think there's anybody there that's going to say, "Oh, look, he's he, he's he's in, he's he's uh, partaking of the wicked Mardi Gras festivities." I think they might say, wow, now there's somebody that made a bold stand. Your thoughts? Well, however God wants to use uh, him as, as he's leading him to minister the gospel, handing out Bibles, handing out Christian tracts. Uh, the, the people there, like so many at Mardi Gras or other festivals, whatever it might be, uh, they're they're empty. And they, they think this is going to satisfy their hearts and their souls and their minds and and yes, they're going to party and do all those things, but you know what? They will go home. They're going to be alone by themselves, and maybe that track they stuck in their pocket, and then they wake up from their hangover, whatever it might be, <laughs> and they 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 read it, and all of a sudden God may minister to them. So we never know how God will use something in a in a very wonderful way to to reach people. We're not to partake of uh, their their activities, but we can reach them through their activities. And I think that's what he's trying to do. So it's a kind of a time of a, a book of action, uh, book of acts action uh, that he's going to try to do. And I would keep him in your prayers because there may be some people who are not going to like what he's doing. But uh, no, we'll and see, Jesus we'll see what the Lord has. Of the, you know, Jesus was accused of the same thing. 
Mm-hmm. You know, they said to Jesus, the religious hierarchy of the day said, why do you eat with the publicans and the sinners? As if Jesus was one of them. And Jesus responded, he said, the sick ones are the ones who need the doctor. So I I think that this is maybe the heart of your pastor is to reach out to the lost. And certainly I, I believe that um, you got a pretty good crowd of them there at your Mardi Gras festivities. I hope that helps, Patsy. It does. Thank you guys very much. God is good and loves you, us, very much. Stay in line. I'll send you out some books, some DVDs. If you like them, let me know. Maybe we can get you a few more for your personal evangelism. And so God bless you, dear. Thanks so much for the call. Let's go to Helen, Arizona. Hi, welcome. Hi, there. Hi, how may we help? Oh, hi, yeah. Um, well, I, I had two things, but uh, the one gentleman wanted me to just do the question. So the testimonies of the Lord and Leviticus 23, in my studies, those are the same. And it, and you don't have to go past, as children, we don't have to go past the tables. We're just supposed to sit at the tables that God has set for us with the best that he has as children. And children don't do sacrifices other than obedience and praise and thanksgiving. Your thoughts? Your thoughts? Um, I... I believe that if hopefully I understand what you're you're saying is, uh, you know, I, I always fall back on what the Lord has taught us. He says, love the Lord your God with all your heart, mind, soul, and strength. Love your neighbors yourself. He wants us to enjoy our relationship with our Heavenly Father, enjoy our relationship with our Lord and Savior, and let the Holy Spirit direct us and guide us on a daily basis. And constantly we're told to do good works that will glorify our Heavenly Father. So I'm, I don't know if I cut the whole thing. It's a little bit was breaking up in my your piece here, but uh, Mike, I'll give it over to you. Yeah, does that answer it for you? Nope. <laughs> okay. Well, well, what, I'm not what sure. again was you have a question? What exactly is? Can you re- restate the question? Then we'll do our best. Okay. The testimonies of the Lord. Uh, keep thy testimonies. It says all through, especially the Psalms. Says keep thy testimonies. Messiah uh, references the testimonies, and when I read Leviticus twenty three. And he says, these are my appointed times. If you read them and then read the rest of the the whole book pertaining to those, you will see that those are the testimonies of the works of God's hands. And we're to come and sit at those tables as children, you know, not adults doing sacrifices or anything like that, but we're to be his children. And children are to obey and honor and respect their father. So, like your father, if it's his birthday or your grandparents' anniversary, you would respect that and go sit at their table. And that's what God's asking us. That's the way I read it. Well, I I think when Jesus taught the disciples to pray, he said, when you pray, pray in this manner, our Father, which art in heaven. He's trying to relate to us the way God the Father wants to relate to us, not some unknowable God beyond the stars, but rather somebody that's like an earthly father to us, somebody that we would relate to. Now, the problem is many times you'll find people that will accept um, God or accept Jesus as their buddy, but not as their Lord or their king. 
And again, you know, how can we say, Lord, Lord, if we're not willing to do what he asks us to do? Now, not the Ten Commandments, of course, because that's the Old Testament, as the book of Galatians tells us, that brought us to Christ, but rather Jesus' commandments, which were to love God with our whole heart, mind, soul, and spirit, love our neighbor as ourselves, because upon these two, Jesus said, hang all the law and the prophets. So, we want to do what pleases our Father. That That's the idea. And that is where in a Christian's life, the power of God is at. People have asked the question, well, why was God such a God of miracles and power and things in the in the Bible, uh, but he doesn't do miracles anymore? I said, well, most people really haven't completely surrendered their life to God, or they haven't, and they're not living close enough to the edge of relying upon God for everything in their life to need a miracle. I tell people a lot of times, they, where do you need God to do a miracle for somebody else? Well, you know, I need a miracle. I need to make my car payment. I need to make my house payment. But where do we have in our lives as Christians, boy, Lord, I need a miracle. I need my uncle uh, to, to understand your grace, your love, your forgiveness, and it would accept you as Savior. But you'll find most of our, our prayers are very self-centered. So I believe that a lot of times this is where the problems come from. And again, as we look at the faithfulness of God in our lives, in the Word of God, in the Bible, how he was always faithful to David, though David didn't do everything right, God never abandoned him. We see that God will continue to work with us if we're willing to let him do that. Hope that helps, Helen. You know, I'll add one last thing is that uh, when you look at testimony, it's, it's, it's God's testimony to his people so that he is real. He's the word testimony is used some 90, 90, what is it? 96 times throughout the old and new Testament. And when you get to the new Testament, we have the testimony of the law and the prophets pointing to Jesus Christ as our Lord and savior, the one, the Messiah to be crucified for our sins and to rise from the grave. And, offer all who believe in him eternal life. Then we have the testimony of the apostles and the book of Acts. And then we have testimony of the writings of Paul in in the epistles, so many of the epistles that he wrote, along with James and Peter and Jude. And then, of course, the testimony of our Lord Jesus Christ in the book of Revelation. So when we look at testimony, it is a form of a witness uh, that for for our belief and for our faith, and it's declared uh, to all. So uh, these testimonies of God are found in various places in the Old Testament, as well as the the Psalms, as well as the New Testament. And thus we testify of our Lord Jesus Christ as born-again believers by the power of the Holy Spirit that Jesus is the Mashiach to the Jewish people, that is the Messiah, and that he is the Savior of the world for all people. So that's our testimony. And so it's important that we continue to share our faith and enjoy our relationship with God as he has declared. Mike? I hope that helps. Well, Helen, stay online. We'll send you out a couple of books, a couple of DVDs I think you'll enjoy. And, of course, the new one we have, Atheist Delusion by Ray Comfort. We'll get those out to you. And we want to just say, um, great question, great great uh, comment there. And um, stay online. We'll get you taken care of. God bless you. Let's go to Jim, Missouri. Hi and welcome. Hi. How you doing? Good. How may we help? Uh, good. Kind of a two-part question. Uh, it has to do for, for, with forgiveness. Uh, yes. I hope I don't butcher this, but <laughs> um, I know that uh, Jesus said uh, if 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 uh, 
well, when Peter said, um, uh, how many times do I forgive? Uh, and, and that, that kind of thing. My question, uh, first off is to forgive that that's, that's sometimes hard to do. Uh, it's liberating to forgive, but unforgiveness is kind of a prison. Um, two part question is how do we, how do we live to moving forward to forgive once we forgive? Uh, my philosophy is if I can forget it, it's, it's easy to do. Um, it's harder to do if I keep remembering on it, dwelling on it and, and stuff like that. The second part of the question, then I'll let you answer and I'll shut my mouth, <laughs> uh, is, um, uh, what about, uh, uh, I heard preachers preach that if, if you follow Christ's example, where, uh, if you ask for forgiveness, you're forgiven, but if you do not ask for forgiveness, you're not forgiven. My philosophy, once again, is uh, I'm going to forgive irregardless if you ask for forgiveness or not, because I'd rather play it safe. And I'm pretty sure somewhere in the epistles that it says uh, to forgive without a catch, so to speak. Now, okay, I'll shut up. (laughs) All right, your thoughts. Yeah, you know, when it comes to forgiveness, if someone has done something wrong to you, the Bible, Jesus taught that we're to lay our gift at the altar and go to, to, to that person that we've offended and and ask for forgiveness and be reconciled. Now, if somebody's done something to you and they don't want to come back to you and say, I don't care, I, I don't want to uh, tell you that I did wrong, this is how I feel. And so there, you know, one of those kind of attitudes. Well, you have a heart of forgiveness to forgive them if they would ask for it and confess their sin to you. But if they're not willing to, then obviously they don't feel they did anything wrong or, or they want to just hurt you. And, and then you just have to move on. There are some people that are just, uh, they're just hurtful people and you don't have to hang with them. Okay. And you need to just realize that's who they are. But if they do come to you sincerely and say, will you please forgive me? I said this, that, and the other about you. And I apologize. I'll try to remedy as best I can. Then we're good to go. But uh, I think also, if you know they said something that was wrong, you need to confront them and say, what you did was wrong, and and then see where they stand. Now, they may say, oh, you're right, I was wrong, please forgive me, which is now you can be reconciled together and carry on in fellowship. But if they say, I don't care, then it is what it is. <laughs> they don't care. And you don't have to keep getting beat up by people who don't care. Uh, I would say find fellowship with somebody else and move on. Uh, but our heart is ready to forgive like the Lord's heart is always forgiving us. And and yet, you know, there's those who don't want to confess their sins, confess that they are a sinner in need of a Savior. And what, what is their destiny? Their destiny will ultimately be help. But we have to have a conversation to make things right. Mike? Amen. So I hope that answers it for you, Jim. I appreciate it. God bless, God you, bless you. Stay in line. We'll get you some books, some DVDs, great for evangelism. Hand them out to your friends. Get them back. Hand them out again. And the new one we have today, Atheist Delusion with Ray Comfort. And so uh, he's the same one that made uh, uh, Evolution versus God. So um, we'll get that out to you. I think you'll really enjoy it. Thanks so much for the call. Let's go to Daniel Nevada. Hi, and welcome. Hello. Yes, Daniel, we're here. How can we help? Oh, thank you so much for taking my call. We had a Bible study and we had a question. We were wondering, the Israelites went to Egypt as slaves and became slaves over there. 
So you are just wondering, was it God's plan for them to go to Egypt? And I know later in the Bible, Joseph says, says I was sent there to preserve you in Genesis 45. And I know in other places it says that God was not ready to give them the rod they later. So they had to, the population had to increase because they were not ready. So we were just wondering, why did they have to go to Egypt to become slaves? Was it in God's plan? So that's my question. I believe that it was, because I believe it is a type as we look as the children of Israel are kind of a type of all of us. That we're enslaved under an evil Pharaoh called Satan. Uh, God sends his deliverer to us not Moses, but Jesus. He leads us out, takes us through a baptism, and the, of course, the children of Israel went through the Red Sea, and then they were on their way to the Promised Land. We find that they were baptized again in the Holy Spirit. I always use that as an illustration. When the children of Israel went through the Jordan River as they went into the Promised Land. Now, The book of Jude tells us that these things happened for our examples. Now, again, of course, God did not lead the children initially down into Egypt to be slaves. There was a famine in the land. It was very severe. And so this is why Joseph said, come down here and make residence down here. I'll provide a place for you, the land of Goshen, if you will, and I'll take care of you there. But then the Bible says another pharaoh. Now, it's interesting in the Hebrew because it says a pharaoh of a different kind rose up and didn't remember the great things that Joseph had done for the nation of Egypt and enslaved the children of Israel. Your thoughts? Yeah, you know, as as you look at that story there, uh, of course, a famine hit the land and then God directed them towards that region of, of Egypt. And then, of course, there was a, the family just was dysfunctional. They they wanted to kill Joseph because of his dream, and then they end up selling him. He goes into slavery and into prison. And then he's finally set free, and then becomes uh, a, a way of salvation for his brothers because getting the food and so forth. And then the children of Israel are there in, in Egypt. And then ultimately, as Mike shared a beautiful story of, of the deliverer and Jesus and so forth, they were set free. But the other thing we we also look at is here's Egypt worshiping all these gods. And so God says, I'm going to manifest my my power, my glory, that I'm the one and only true God to the Egyptians, even though they didn't accept it. But it was also a display of who God is to the to the Israelites, the Hebrews. And thus God delivered them and set them free. And they realized he is the one and only true God as Moses led them out and Moses led them uh, in, in uh, across the Red Sea and so forth. And then God consumes the uh, the enemies of Israel, the Egyptians, the Pharaoh and his armies, there in the Red Sea. And all this is a manifestation that there's only one true God, and it's it's not the gods of, of flies or anything else, but it is, it is Yahweh, and he's the one that they're to serve. And there is a ultimate deliverer coming whose name is Yeshua. Uh, Yahweh is salvation. So great, great story. And so... All things work together for the glory of God. Amen. Mike? Amen. Hope that answers it for you. Yeah, thank you so much. Thank you. God bless you. Stay in line, Daniel. Send you out some books, some DVDs. Great for your Bible study classes and to share with people. Thanks so much for the call. God bless you. Let's go to Bonnie, South Perry, Washington. Hi and welcome. Hello. 
Thank you so very much for all the information you share. It's um, important we hear positive things, what the Bible says. So I have a question. I have also been reading in um, Exodus 2, verse 18, and I've read the Bible many times. First time this has jumped out at me. So I have a question. It said, um, it's talking about when Moses fled Pharaoh. And when the girls Mm -hmm. returned to rule their father, he asked them, why have you returned so early? And then in chapter 3, 1, now Moses was tending the sheep of Jethro, his father-in-law, at the priest of Midian. So does he have go by two names? Okay, your thoughts. Um, I'm trying to track you here. Um, what what's, what the two names are what? Genesis 2:18. Okay. Right. 2:18. Yeah. When they came to Ruel, their father he said, "How is it that you have come so soon today?" Uh, Ruel means friend of God. And then you're saying in Genesis 3, 3, 1, is that it? Yes. Moses was tending the flock of Jethro, whose name means excellence, his father-in-law. Um, I would have to look up and see what, what the, the context of this is. I'm not really sure, to be honest with you. Uh, Mike, do you have an insight on this? Well, it, it appears that it may very well be the same person. And, um, uh, you know, like I say, it, it's one of these that you have to kind of do a little research on. And I think they do that on purpose so that you will do uh, the research you're supposed to do. Uh, Numbers 1029 has some insight on it as well. And uh, let me get to it here. And uh, so... And we find here, oh, Mike. I just looked it up here. My dictionary. Yes, it is the same. Same name. Follow up Moses in Exodus three one, also called Ruel, uh, is is accurate. So uh, that's just two two different names with the same person. Yeah, my Bible here says it's the same person. Yeah, um, and and he's also referred to as Ruel up there in in Numbers as well. So I hope that helps. I was thinking that's what it meant, like sometimes people have two names, like, you know, John uh, John Wayne or something like that, and, but it's the <laughs> same same name. And um, so, but it's, it's just funny, all the years I've been reading the Bible, for some reason this jumped out at me today, so I says I had to call you guys to get an answer. So thank you very much. <laughs> well, I, I'm glad you did. And, and a lot of times the names are reflective of the relationship that somebody has with someone. And I think that's always important. I call my dad, dad, but everybody else called him Mr. Kessler, you see. So I believe that's also 
a little bit of it as well. We're all out of time. Bonnie, stay on line. We'll send you out some books and DVDs. Lisa and Deborah, please call us. We'll put you on first thing tomorrow. Thanks, Daryl, for being on. God bless Thank you. Thank you. God bless. 357-4226. Or write us to Every Man and Answer. P.O. Box 391, Twin Falls, Idaho, 83303. That toll-free number is 1-800-357-4226. Subscribe to the free podcast on iTunes by searching for To Every Man and Answer in the iTunes store or visit us online at csnradio.com slash T-E-M-A. To Every Man and Answer is a production of CSN International, the Christian Satellite Network. The opinions expressed by our guests may or may not be those of CSN International or of this station.